Hi, welcome to another episode of The Postscript. I'm Brandon Briscoe, and I'm here with Pastor Greg Axe of Crest Bible Church. Greg is also the professor of church history here at Living Faith Bible Institute. Over the last few weeks, we've been having a conversation about the early church in the first few centuries. Today, we're going to talk about two major cities, Alexandria and Antioch, and the influence that these two cities had. Now, Greg, could you tell us a little bit about the influence of these cities and why they're so important to our history? Antioch of Syria, the home base of where Paul had his church in Acts chapter 13, Paul, Barnabas, and the other men who, who led that church became the hub of Christianity at that particular point in time. That church was started in Acts chapter 11 off of the persecution of Stephen by uh, people who went cross-culturally to share the gospel. Um, if you roll it back to Acts chapter 8, the Right after the death of Stephen, there was a persecution against the church at Jerusalem, and everybody was scattered abroad. And they began to scatter abroad, and, and, and then you roll it up to Acts chapter 11, it says those that were scattered abroad around the persecution of Stephen preached only to the Jews. Right. Because they were looking for Messiah to come back. And they're, okay? they're still in a kingdom of heaven perspective. Yes. Yeah. They're still thinking that Jesus is coming back any day. Mm -hmm. And now the, the But there was a group of people who From went Cyrene to Antioch. And Cyprus. Yes. Yeah. And they went to Antioch and they said, let's talk to these Greeks. Let's talk to these Gentiles. And this is where you get this, again, confirmation of the body principle. Mm -hmm. They start talking to the Gentiles and whoosh, yeah. just like wildfire, right. the Gentiles uh, grabbed the concept of salvation by grace through faith in the finished work of, of, of Jesus Christ and a church was born the in church Antioch. church of Antioch was born, that we call the model church. Yes, yeah. and became the model church of the New Testament. Barnabas was there. He sent, called Paul there, and Paul stayed there for a bit, bit of time. Others became leaders in the church, and at some point in time, that became the hub where Paul and Barnabas were sent out, and others were sent out from that church to go plant Gentile churches around the known world at that mm -hmm. particular point in time. So... Everything you read in the book of Acts about Antioch of Syria has a God slant to it, has a God positive area. Mm -hmm. People are, missionaries are sent out. People are being won to Christ. Prophets and teachers are there. People are learning about God. Um, people are coming to know Christ as their Savior. Uh, everything is good and positive out of that area. Then you get down to Alexandria. And it's mentioned four times in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, and each time there's a problem there. The first time is in Acts chapter 6, where you have men of Alexandria arguing with Stephen. Yeah. Okay? And wrong. So now the second time that Alexandria appears in the Bible is in Acts chapter 18. Apollos is a good man. He knows the Lord. Uh, but it says in that passage, he knows nothing except the baptism of John. Mm -hmm. And he comes and he preaches. He's from Antioch, or excuse me, he's from Alexandria. And Aquila and Priscilla get him aside. I, I love the, that passage. I like to title that message, The Day the, the Preacher Got Saved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> okay? right. They pull him aside after the message and said, man, you don't, this, you're preaching about this coming Messiah. He already came. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, his name is Jesus. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. He's been down in Alexandria this whole time preaching that you have to be baptized in order yeah, to be Yeah, John's saved. baptism. John's baptism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. False doctrine is down there. 
right? Right. Then you have Alexander, he mentioned in Acts chapter 27 and 28, which is Paul's route as he's going toward Rome. He's in a ship of Alexandria headed to Rome. The ship of Alexandria is in has a signs, the, the, the banner over that ship is Castor and Pollux, which are the two twin sons of Zeus, mm-hmm. false god. Right. Okay. Ship of Alexandria sailing to Rome. So there's a connection, connection between, a yeah. trade route between Alexandria and Rome. And whenever there's a trade route, there's more than just goods being traded. Yeah. Okay. So every mention of the city of Alexandria in the New Testament has a negative context to right. it. Now we step back from church history, we look at lines of Bibles that come through and manuscripts that come through and where they originate from. Mm-hmm. And either they originate from Alexandria generally or Antioch generally. And those that originate from Antioch generally line up with the generally accepted, confirmed by the body of Christ In truth. A, from Antioch. From Antioch. Yeah. When they come from Alexandria, they've been twisted, changed, perverted, influenced yeah. by Gnostic thought. Sure. And so, there's, you know, the, Alexandria has this huge school. Mm-hmm. And they even establish what they refer to as like a Christian institution, but they purpose to invite people from all perspectives in. And so it's not just a Christian school. It's also there's Gnostics and there's. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing is they're having a dialectic that impacts one another. Origin mm-hmm. comes from Alexandria. Origin mm-hmm. gives us really one of our, uh, you know, uh, first well-documented um perspectives on biblical application where he touts uh, alleg- allegorical Allegor- interp- yes. interpretation. And so that takes rise in Alexandria. And what I've heard is, is that Antioch, there was a, a similar school of thought, but it, it focused on literality. Yes. And so you've got two different cities with different cr- Christians, right? Mm-hmm. One with an allegorical perspective, one with a literal perspective. Can you talk about those differences and why they've had either negative or positive impacts. Even the um, church, most all church historians will talk about that and they'll mm-hmm. report the fact that yes, the, the, the school at, at Antioch, when we say school, we're not talking about, you know, what our mascot is and our colors and our NCAA right, team. Right. We're talking school about a school thought. of thought. Yeah. Okay. The school of thought that came out of Antioch of Syria, the, that area, was always a literal take to the Bible. It mm-hmm. means what it says and says what it means. Mm-hmm. The school of thought that come out of Alexandria was there must be some deeper thought behind this thing. And um, it's always mystical, allegorical. I'm the only one with a secret knowledge and you have to come to me to get it. Right. Or everybody can have their own perspective. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. You make right. it up as you go. Sure. Okay. So those two prominent schools of thought clash with each other as we come through history, watching those two schools of thought give us the roots behind where our Bibles come from as well. And you mentioned origin, and uh, I, I say this, the easiest way to remember him is he's the origin of all of our problems with mm-hmm. Bible text. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy was just as whacked out <laughs> as he was nuttier than a fruitcake, mm-hmm. yet he is touted by most historians as a brilliant theologian. And it's because, and this goes back to this issue that we have in the church Mm -hmm. at large is whatever the oldest and most prominent number of documents that we have, we assert the the same amount of authority to that individual. And so Mm -hmm. Origen produced just an incredible amount of documents for that time period that we happen to still have many of Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And so we've allowed, because he's got the loudest voice, 
yeah. allowed him to have the most authority, even though it contradicts what we recognize as divine scripture. Absolutely. And I have I have a reprint copy of his, one of his most famous works is called De Principis, which is First Principles. It's his running commentary on the Bible. And I have a reprint copy of it in my uh, in my files at home, and I've read parts of it. It's yay thick or so. I can't read that thing to save my life. It just, I, I've tried. Um, it's not that I can't read it. I'm fairly intelligent enough to read what it's in English. It's mm -hmm. been translated, so I'm I can read through. But I get it three or four paragraphs in, and the guy has is so whacked out in his thinking that he has no idea what he's talking about. And I get so frustrated reading it that I just want to throw it in the fireplace. Mm -hmm. So I just set it back on my shelf. I've mm -hmm. tried to read it. He has no more clue of Bible doctrine than a three-year-old in Mecca has. <laughs> and so, I mean, uh, so with that, I mean, and I think this is true of a lot of the Gnostic writings that we've yeah. discovered. I mean, you read the Gospel of Thomas or whatever it is, these, these things sound so divergent yes. from what we recognize as Scripture that it's, mm -hmm. it, in many regards, it should be easy for us to dismiss except yes. for scholars. Right. And, and I think that that's important. And I, and I want to maybe close by, by just talking briefly about how scholarship um, has uh, negatively, uh, there, the, the, the perspectives of scholarship have neg negatively impacted history and even their voice, the voice of the revisionist, if you will, mm -hmm. has come into prominence um, throughout thousands of years, but even today. I mean, how do you see a false perspective of history affecting the church in 2019? Again, a lot of it is that scholasticism that you talked about where the disease that was infested into humanity in the garden. I know something that you don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm smarter than you are. Therefore, you must come to me because I know and you don't. You're just a little peon. Mm -hmm. And we see that manifest a lot of times in what is called recognized scholarship. Mm. And this phrase that you hear all the time, well, all scholars agree. No, they don't. You can't get a group of people together that way to agree on something. It, you know, there's going to be divergent opinion with it. But they say all scholars agree. And then if you are, if you raise your hand and say, excuse me, I don't, they say, well, I'm excuse, let me rephrase that. All recognized scholars mm. agree. Mm -hmm. right. We don't recognize you because you didn't go to our school. Right. So, they uh, they do that in today's world and then pass it off. You might see this like you're just watching television and you'll see some product that's being advertised. And I have this little cute cartoon thing along and then they'll say, studies have shown that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who studies? Who studies? Who's statistics? Okay. Who's research? Right. Yeah. And when they, as soon as they say studies have shown that, you go, oh. Right. And you're sucked right in. Yeah. Because, well, they're smart people. They know. They must know something I don't know. That's that disease from the garden that is still with us today mm -hmm. in scholarship. And now we, it becomes manifest today in a lot of different areas in Christianity, but largely in uh, the people who want to correct the Bible. Mm -hmm. Well, the original says this, and therefore, and they're inserting their opinions into what uh, Scripture says. Well, and they're emphasizing tradition mm -hmm. and, and historical record over Scripture. Yes. Yeah. Our faith tradition says yes. this, yeah. what saith the Scripture. Right. And sometimes your faith tradition does not line up with the Scripture. Mm -hmm. And in that case, you have to choose and guess where I'm going. Right.
and you've got you got so many churches today. You go to their statement of faith, and mm-hmm. it's there's a statement, but then there's a list of links to all of the creeds and councils in which mm-hmm. they they and mm-hmm. and so this is the world that we live in. Yes. It is a world where people are listening to men over the voice of God, over the voice of God, and over the Scripture itself. Yeah, and it's back to what saith the Scripture. So. Again, if somebody says they have secret knowledge that nobody else has, yeah, run. Right. Yeah. Greg, I want to thank you, man. All right, this, we're going to have to do more of these interviews. Um, we're going to have to have some more conversations about church history. We haven't even gotten past the third century in our conversation. I but I want to thank you, man. I, I right. know that so many people respect uh, the knowledge that you have and what you've learned from God's mm-hmm. Word. and. And it means a lot, your investment in LFBI means a lot and in the Living Faith Fellowship. So we love you and we're thankful for you. And I thank you for being here on the Postscript. Praise the Lord, man. All right, brother. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Postscript. Uh, Keep an eye out. Next week, there'll be another episode, another interview. You don't want to miss out. Uh, Again, we want to thank everybody who's helped out with this episode. We want to thank Pastor Greg Axe. Have a great day. My name is Brian Bustos, and I am a Living Faith Bible Institute student. And I'm also a husband. And I'm also a father. In this stage in my life, things are definitely chaotic. I've been called by God to serve in my local church here in Kansas City. And in any given week, that may look like leading worship, or preparing for a Bible study, or even teaching a class. And this is where Living Faith Bible Institute is so important to my life. First, it gives me focus, but two, it's flexible. And so if I can't make that Saturday morning class, I can still catch it online, whether it's remotely, or even sometime later in the week, like during my lunch break. In essence, I don't have to put my life on pause. Enroll for classes at lfbi.org. If you are interested in donating to LFBI to support future pastors and leaders, please visit lfbi.org slash donate.